Welcome to Lift Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and I created this podcast to help you feel inspired and uplifted so you can unleash your potential self to the world. In this podcast, I talk about divine feminine energy, female empowerment, personal development, and much more. You can expect a mixture of guest interviews and solo episodes from me alongside some of my guided meditations. I'm so happy that you're joining me today. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lift Yourself with Laura. Today I'm joined by Christina Hollinger and we are going to be getting into all things Feng Shui. However, before I press record, I was just talking to Christina about how I pronounce it Feng Shui and I've noticed that she calls it Feng Shui. But I can't wait to get into this topic because it's very new to me and I've only recently discovered feng shui what it means how we can apply it to our life and manifest the things that we want so I think you are all going to love this episode now Christina is a woman who has done a lot of amazing things she is an author she has appeared on television in America and she is so passionate about empowering you to be able to manifest your dream life using the methods of feng shui so her tagline is to design a life that you deserve so Christina welcome to the podcast Hi, Laura. I'm so glad we got connected. I just feel like this is such a soul aligned conversation. I'm so excited to to be here today. Yeah, me too. And I believe in nothing being random. So even if I'm searching for a specific topic to educate myself and learn more on on the podcast, and that's how I come across you. I just think, yeah, that's divine. And I've had listeners reach out to me and say, oh, they just found my podcast through search for certain things. And I've said to them, that's not random. Like it's been, you've been led here. So if you're listening to this episode now and you've never come across me or Christina before, then just trust that there's a message in this episode for you to hear to help you on your journey. So Christina, what would be a great starting point, please, is a bit of a background story. Tell us who you are, what it is that you do and how you've got to where you are, please. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, to your point, there are a lot of feng shui practitioners out there. And I think what really makes my story different from many is that I started my journey about 10 years ago. And ultimately, my journey with feng shui is a manifestation journey. I found that this is a tool and a way to manifest my desires. And I know there's lots of different methods out there, but this was one that truly resonated with me for so many different reasons. Um, I was living in the South Loop of Chicago with my husband about a decade ago when I discovered feng shui. It was a time in my life that from the outside seemed picture perfect in a way. We had just gotten married. I had a brand new teaching job, a workout regimen that kept me busy. We had a young dog, things looked great. Yet something deep down inside of me just felt like it was missing. And I had no idea what it was. I just really longed for something more. And as I was looking around our apartment one night, we lived in this really cool industrial loft type of apartment. So the ceilings were exposed and you could see the pipes. It was kind of cool. And then we had floor to ceiling windows with this beautiful city view. You could see the L track in Chicago when you stepped out on our balcony and the lakefront was 
you know, right to the side of us. It was really this beautiful city loft, but we had lived there for three years and the, the walls were stark white and it was just feeling a little bit cold. And I wanted it to be more welcoming. I mean, I was a newlywed and we were kind of just like starting our family, right? No kids, but we were just like, I, I just had this desire to feel more settled and grounded. And for any listeners who live in the city, you know, that can be very intense energy. You're around a lot of people all the time and you're picking up, especially if you're an empath, you're picking up on so much throughout your days. So I really felt called to create a sanctuary in our apartment. And that's exactly what I did. I had heard of something called feng shui and I figured while I'm redecorating, how about I also work on manifesting and shifting the energy a little bit. And little did I know that everything that I applied based on what I found on the internet at the time, little did I know that those changes would completely change my life. Within six months of all the feng shui adjustments that I did, I started in our uh, front entryway and our bedroom. And then there's a wealth area, which I can help your listeners identify where the wealth area is. After applying feng shui to those three spaces, my husband and I found out we were expecting our first baby within six months. My husband got a unexpected promotion. And within a year, we were actually moving into our first home. We purchased our first home with grace and ease. And that's when I knew there was something to it. So that was the beginning. And after that, I just continued to apply feng shui to every home we ever lived in and eventually got certified and became the feng shui practitioner and author that I am today. So I could teach other people to do it, right? Because I'm a teacher. So I want people to know that abundance is available to you. And I believe this should be common knowledge. So I'm doing my best to uh, spread the word. Yeah. So talk to us about what feng shui is, because if someone's listening right now and they don't know it, they could be brand new to it. If you were to explain it to like a beginner, how would you describe it? So in feng shui, we practice following three different types of energy because we understand that energy influences us. So first we look at our personal energy and our personal energy is influenced by other people. So your energy can actually influence mine, especially if I'm unaware of how to protect myself, right? And meditation and different things like that can help us to become a vessel hmm. for what it is that we desire and a magnet for what we desire. Feng Shui also looks at the environment around you. So your immediate surroundings influence you. Your home is especially important when it comes to feng shui because your home is going to either support your dreams and desires, or it could be a source of stress if you're not conscious, right? So the fun part about all of this is that you can control it and you can change the story if you don't like it. And then the third part, uh, the third type of energy that we look out for in feng shui is the universal or cosmic energy, which is you know, the moon phases, the mercury retrograde that we're currently in at the time of this recording, all of those pieces influence us as a collective. So feng shui has many different layers to it, but in short, what really drew me towards this practice was a tool that we use called the Bagua map. 
And the Bagel map divides your home or any space really into nine areas of life. And that's really what floored me is to know that there are certain areas of your home that correlate to different areas of your life. So you have a wealth area, a career space, a relationship space, et cetera. And that's really exciting to me. And when you decorate with intention, when you arrange your environment with intention, it actually manifests change, powerful change, and it's a catalyst for miracles in your life. Can anybody do this feng shui or is it only available to certain people who own their own home? What if people are house sharing or if they're living with family, can they still apply these methods and tools to help them manifest? I love that question. And the short answer is yes. I will feng shui a hotel room for the night. (laughs) And this is no joke. Like I really will. There's things you can do in any environment. So even if you share a bedroom, you can still apply feng shui to your bedroom. And that's a very important place to start because your bedroom represents your personal energy. You spend a third of your life in your bedroom sleeping And it's where you recharge and you rest and you actually become, we talked about this personal energy. This is how you become a magnet for what you desire. So you can really set some powerful intentions in your bedroom, apply feng shui there. That's a great place to start. And like I said, you can apply feng shui in apartments, which is where I started my journey and in huge homes as well. So I think it's definitely something that I even bring to my cubicle when I work. I work in public education at the district office. And so I actually have a cubicle and I feng shui that too. (laughs) Yeah. I think sometimes there can be a misconception when people hear something like that and like, oh, maybe that's not possible for me. And I didn't know that it also contributed to other factors like your own energy and obviously like the collective energy. And when you look at things in terms of like creating the life that you want or creating the life that you want and manifesting, There's lots of different components to it. And I think sometimes it's easy to get overwhelmed thinking, you know, I'm looking on TikTok at all these like tricks and tips on how to manifest. And is it this? Is it that? Is it the other? So how does Feng Shui help people manifest? I know you've shared how it really amplified things and progressed things in your life. But for people who want to know like the basics and just begin to start, what would you what would you say? Well, first, I just want to share that if you are a visual learner, go to my site, christinahollinger.com and get my free feng shui 101 guide. It is my three-step method that helps you to apply feng shui in three steps, starting with the tool called the bagma map, which I just introduced you to. And so if you're wondering what that looks like, you can, you know, get that right away. And then we move into how to apply the five elements of feng shui to help you manifest, which that will help me answer your question. And finally, to declutter with intention. So let me try to explain like how it works with manifesting in a very simple way, because there's so many different paths I could take, but let me just start with like an example. Everyone likes to talk about wealth. So I want to start there and Here's how it might work if you want to manifest more money with feng shui. 
if you were to step into your home from the front door and you were to lay the bag map on your home, the wealth area of your home would be in the far back left space. So the bag was kind of like a tic-tac-toe grid. And so it'd be the far back left, that upper left-hand corner is the wealth area. It's all about your intention, right? And I think that that's why manifesting works is because you are being clear and intentional with the universe of what your desires are. And in this case, the way feng shui is a little different is that we're being very intentional about what it is we desire and also pairing it with our home and connecting it with the energy of our home so that our home is supporting our dreams and desires. So if you can identify the wealth area of your home, you go to the far back left area, and this space is activated by the wood element and the number four. So what you could do is you could, first of all, notice how you feel in that space and ask yourself if you spend much time there, does it feel cluttered? Do you need to clean some stuff out? Is it well lit? All of these simple adjustments of cleaning and decluttering and letting in the light are going to let, they're going to lighten the load in your wealth and finances. Those are very simple adjustments, right? And then you can move into applying some of the elements. You can add the wood element, which the wood element can be represented by the shape, a vertical rectangle, the color, which would be that green. If you can see, your listeners can't see, but I have like a green wall behind me. I'm actually sitting in my wealth area. You can use color. You don't have to use the color, but you can. It's an option. And then of course you can add wood itself. So wood furniture, bookshelves, um, even bamboo plant represents the wood element or a money tree because it has, um, well, bamboo, it's not so obvious that it's the wood element, but it's, it's hollow on the inside, which represents uh, being able to receive. And that bamboo plant really grows upwards and, you know, very tall and vertical, which is that very wood element vibe. So when you add that element to that space of your home with intention, it can be extremely powerful. And the final thing I'll say, which you don't even, even if you don't know anything about the elements, you can just simply write your intentions for what kind of abundance and wealth it is that you're calling into your life. So like I said, the wealth area is represented by the number four. You can double it for the money. The money number can also be eight, the infinity of flow of money and abundance. And you can just write your intentions for what it is you desire. I make great money doing what I love. It is easy for me to bring in money for my family to support me, my desires, and live a life of my dreams. Whatever feels good to you, right? And you just state those intentions as if they're already happening. Place those those intentions behind a picture or somewhere where no one can see it. Feng shui can be invisible. It doesn't always have to be I like the decorative part of it and making it look nice, but it could also be invisible adjustments. So I know that this was a long-winded answer to, you know, how to manifest with feng shui, but it's just, I wanted to give your listeners an opportunity to understand the simplicity and yet the depth of feng shui and how there are so many ways that you can manifest the life you desire with your home. I love that answer. 
please do not think that it was too long because it was just absolutely perfect and it really helped me to understand the aspects of that and how it can support your reality I'm huge on crystals and I like to have crystals to help me in terms of amplifying the energy. I know that they haven't, they haven't got like magic powers or anything and it does come down to your intention. So for example, with the wealth side of things, could could someone add like crystals in that area of the house as well, like citrine or pyrite to increase like wealth opportunities? Yes, and I love that question because here's the thing. That's why feng shui, if you're already manifesting and you have different methods, feng shui is just going to help you refine a little bit and get even more specific. Mm -hmm. So the crystals that you just listed are traditionally crystals that are going to attract money energy, the pyrite, purple amethyst, because purple activates the wealth area too. I didn't tell your listeners that, but you can add purple. And here's where people, I, I, I want you to have fun with feng shui. So like when you get your hands on the back will map, the thing that's a little bit interesting, but it's not super complicated, but I want to share it. You can literally put the back map on your desk, right? Okay. So the upper left-hand corner of your desk is the wealth area. So you could put some of those favorite crystals like citrine, pyrite, purple amethyst on the upper left-hand corner of your desk and really set your intention to call in the money energy that way. And for your listeners who you were asking about, what if you share a home with many people and maybe the wealth area is your teenage son's bedroom? Now, what do you do? You can literally lay the bagel map just on your bedroom for starters. So you could walk into your bedroom and the far back left area of your bedroom is the wealth area. And you can just start there and add those crystals to your bedroom in the back left area to set your intention to bring in that money energy. So yeah, it's for anyone. And I love that you are already thinking of ways that you could activate that particular space. And then of course, there's nine areas of life that we address in feng shui. So you can be intentional about what you place in those spaces. And I also think it's very interesting when I have one-on-one consultations and I walk into somebody's home and I ask them if they're struggling in their relationship or if they're having trouble with any relatives or extended family. And they look at me and think, how did you know that? But it's because your home tells a story. So maybe your family area is very cluttered and dark and it's like a junk room, or perhaps it's um, a closet that you just throw anything in and nobody ever goes through it. You can kind of tell if you look at your home and you get familiar with the bag map, you can tell which areas of your home you might be neglecting and then try to decode. What is that saying about my life? What are some areas of my life that I haven't been tending to? And I know that there's room for improvement. And this is where the empowerment comes in because then you can clear that closet or you can, you know, tend to that space of your home. And it's going to not only change your home, but it's going to influence and make space for miracles in that area of your life. Yeah, because when you identify it, that's when you can begin to make the changes. So it doesn't need to stay the same. Do you think some of this is subconscious? Like People don't realize that they've maybe neglected a certain part of their home and then it's almost like been 
I don't know whether it would be a means of self-sabotage or like just neglecting that area of their life. It's been a subconscious thing. People have not been aware that they've actually intentionally done that. And then when they know, they're like, it's a light bulb moment and that's when they can transform it. Absolutely. I think the thing about feng shui is I can share all the tips and tricks with my clients and it all works but you have to do the work for it to work. Right. And I think that the universe responds powerfully when we make a step in a different direction, it might be uncomfortable to look at that room and to identify which area of life could be impacted, but yeah, your, your, um, your intention and your energy sorry, there was a quote and I just lost it. It's like your, (laughs) your intention, your energy goes where your intention flows. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I'm trying to make a connection here, but absolutely. I think there's something to it. And feng shui has been around for over 3000 years. And so I know that there's a lot of reasons why it works. I think that there's something to do with quantum physics. And I think there's psychology behind it as well. And sometimes I try to explain to people why it works, but I just know that there's lots of explanation that I could give, but I just know it does work. So that's exciting. Some things that work don't actually always have a logical explanation. It's just the results speak for themselves and it's the energy behind the transformation and you can see the change. So it might not logically make sense. I like the fact there is science and quantum physics because that's for the people who are logical and just like, oh, that's just woo-woo. Like it's airy fairy. It doesn't really make sense and just like dismiss it. Whereas when you have an open mind, it's like, well, what have I got to lose trying it? And if I have been implementing manifestation techniques and you know, maybe doing some certain rituals that I found on YouTube or TikTok, and it's not fully working for me right now, and I feel a little bit uh, stuck, then why not give it a go? Like, why not just see? What is the worst that can happen when you begin to open up to this? Because if it's worked for you and many other people like your clients you've worked with and lots of other women and men around the world, then why can't it work for the listener? Why can't it work for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And in feng shui, we work with two types of cures. We work with the mundane cures, which are the everyday things that you can see with your eye. So if you move your bed into the command position, or you move your desk into the command position, or you hang a piece of artwork with intention, that's mundane. You can see it. And we live in this physical world. And yet the example of writing your intentions and putting them behind a photograph or there's a lot of invisible cures and adjustments that you cannot see, but they're just energetic. That's the transcendental part of feng shui. And there's so much, I actually, the Tao De Ching talks about how a vase is made of clay, but a vase is only functional because of the space within it, the emptiness within it, because a vase can then hold the water, the air, whatever it is that you're putting in it, the coins. And so this example is just how we live in a physical world, but we know that there is so much beyond what we can see and comprehend. And this has been going on for 
hundreds of thousands of years. We know this to be true. And so I think that that's where the magic of feng shui lies is that you can see a visual transformation, but it's those invisible transformations that are where the miracles lie. And it's pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. Did you have to do any mindset work at the time when you began to see these changes? Because I feel that our, you know, our mindset towards things, our perspectives, and I know we've touched on like intentions, it isn't everything, you know, there isn't everything, but it's very vital for us to be able to work on that as we're growing and manifesting and I look at things as we have like a certain self-image, certain perspective, and our reality will match how we feel about ourselves internally. So I'm curious to know as you were doing the practices of feng shui and making those changes, if you were doing any mindset work at the time, if you were, what was that and how did it help? I love that question. And here's what I will say. This is why I love feng shui so much, because I sometimes think that the mindset work can be challenging. And so what I say about feng shui is if you're feeling in a funk and you don't know what to do and you're feeling stuck and you really need a change, but you just don't know where to start, you can change your environment. It's something tangible that you can do. And then you step back and you trust that everything is unfolding in perfect timing. And what has happened to me over the past 10 years of practicing feng shui is that teachers have come into my life, manifesting teachers and different things like that to help me deepen my spiritual practice, to help me with my abundance mindset. And so there's a, an area of your home actually, a, According to the Bagua map, it's called helpful people travel. And as a feng shui practitioner, when I go into a one-on-one -on -one consultation, I always look at that space because if someone's asking for help with their money and finances, helpful people travel actually directly influences your wealth because you need helpful people. It also, it, it also refers to real helpful people and also spiritual guidance in the universe. And if there's any blocks in that area of your life, then you're also blocking money energy into your life. You need support. You need a network of people to connect you to the right people in your life. And so this is a very important space. And what I will say is I will never underestimate the power of all of the helpful people that have come into my life in the past decade to help me with my manifesting practice. I'm a student of Gabby Bernstein. I'm, a, I'm in her miracle membership. I'm a certified spirit junkie. I took Marie Forleo's B school to learn how to run my business. As soon as I was invited to be on HGTV, Windy City Rehab, which is a show here in the United States, that's when so many miracles started to pop up for me because I realized I have a business now and I need help with this. So I am so grateful. I know this is a long-winded answer, but I just want people to understand that the miracles that occur with feng shui aren't necessarily always going to just be a check in the mail. Certainly it can be money, right? But many times what happens is you get connected with people who are going to help you grow in your business, help you open you up to new opportunities. 
And that money energy is going to be so much more long lasting and far beyond what you could imagine than just, you know, getting some bonus check or something. But like I said, that stuff happens. But, um, so I know this is, I know that you asked me about mindset and what I would say is that absolutely I work on my mindset and I have a lot of different rituals and practices that I do. My, my private coach works with Deepak Chopra. Like I do the work. Um, but I just bringing it back to feng shui. I just want people to understand, like, you don't have to think too hard. You just got to change your environment, write down those intentions, and then trust that if you need help with your mindset, the right people and the right teachers are going to come to you. Yeah. I love that answer. And do you feel feng shui helps amplify the timeline that you're following? So say if there's something that you're desiring, and obviously I believe, well, I believe when we're desiring something from the heart or soul, it's there for a reason. So it's kind of like, it's part of your life path and journey. Do you feel that feng shui can speed that process up in terms of changing the environment? Or do you think it's just a natural part of the journey? Like if we're discovering it now, we're meant to discover it now. First of all, Laura, I just want to say yes to what you just said, because I always say that I say your dreams were given uniquely to you because you were meant to fulfill them. You wouldn't have that on your heart if it wasn't meant for you. I truly believe that that's part of your calling, whether it's you want to be a parent or you want to be in a relationship or get married or move into a new location. That's your higher self calling you out and saying, this is for you. So please follow those dreams. And I love that you said that. Here's what I'll also say that I've learned because I've, I think people are afraid also to dream big. And I want people to know that with this feng shui practice, it's safe to dream big. I mean, I will tell you right now, I have clients who have said like, they're afraid to write down some of their biggest dreams, even if if it's just in their journal, because sometimes it's scary. We have so much self-doubt and we have a lot of unworthiness we need to unpack and work through. And what I would say about, you know, I, yes, feng shui can speed it up for sure. But I also want listeners to really think about this. When you are dreaming super big, there's going to be parts of you that you're going to have to release. And you are going to be called to step into a new version of yourself to live that life that you are calling in. So sometimes change can be uncomfortable. And so what feng shui might do is it might start clearing some things out of your life that no longer serve you. And that will not serve you at that higher level of that you're calling. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. So I think, yeah, it's going to make things move quicker, but we also like it, this is not like you're manipulating the universe to do what you want Mm. because here's, you really do have to trust and have faith that the universe has a bigger plan for you. I just posted a reel recently on Instagram. Oprah said, I truly believe that God can dream a bigger dream for you than you can dream for yourself. So once you do your feng shui adjustment, you set your intention, that's your work. That's your job. And the rest is to step back and see what, what happens next, because God, the universe has a bigger plan for you. And 
watch and see what helpful people come into your life. Watch and see what opportunities no longer are there and watch and see what opportunities come up for you. Because anytime something is a no, anything that's a no, that means that it's a yes for something else. So that's kind of where with feng shui and I have my own podcast as well. It is a lot about manifesting and being able to do the work, but also to surrender to spirit and trust that the universe is taking care of you. Yeah. And I found you through your podcast and everything you've just said there speaks to me. Like we are so aligned. We're on the same page because I totally believe in that myself. And I feel that when things aren't for us anymore and they fall away, we might think it's a loss and it might feel like a loss in the moment. And then it's not until you go through the journey and you're like, I can see why that wasn't for me anymore. And I always think as well on a deeper level, we know what's not for us and whether we just don't listen to that or we doubt it or we just it's like ignoring it and we focus on like the logistic sides of what's physical and when that goes it's like yeah because it creates space and that was actually the other question I was going to ask you about creating space and clearing when it comes to feng shui and I've heard things on my own journey around like decluttering you know items hold energy so if you want to create space for something or if you want to welcome something new in there has to be the space for it to come in to that place is that a feng shui concept it's can be for sure. And I, you know, decluttering is fairly a new concept because if you think about over 2000 years ago, when feng shui was first developed, people didn't have as much stuff as we have now. I mean, we are living in the day and age where you go online and you can order anything from the internet and it will be on your doorstep within 48 hours. So we do live in a very, um, consumer driven society now where clutter and stuff tends to pile up more. But I think to your point, it is from that energetic standpoint that even in ancient times, long ago, when feng shui first started, we did believe that inanimate objects have energy. So your house carries energy and a vibration, your desk, your chair, So yes, anytime you move things, you're moving the energy, that invisible force that you can't see. And, you know, the space I'm in right now, it's our home office. And I actually worked with an interior designer and I told her, I really want you to honor feng shui and work. Let's work collaboratively. And this was a huge journey because it's our home office. It's our wealth area of our home. We cleared out all the old furniture and it was really interesting because we had this couch that my husband had in his city apartment. It was a studio apartment. So like a one bedroom studio when he first moved to Chicago and that couch really symbolized a lot because my husband and I struggled financially at the beginning of our relationship. He had quit his then teaching job in Philadelphia to move to Chicago to follow his heart. And he had a rough go at it. And I was working at a private school at the time, making probably less than minimum wage when you really, when it really came down to it. 
And this couch had been sitting in our home office where our wealth is supposed to be and where my husband works every single day. And we made this decision to get rid of this clunky piece of furniture that was no longer serving us because it physically was pretty clunky. And energetically, it really symbolized a story that we had, a story of struggle, a story of feeling like things were really hard. Hmm. And that was just one example, but we cleared out this entire office, completely feng shuied And it's been a couple years now that we've um, transformed our home office. This office actually made its way onto HDTV.com, which was pretty cool. And um, my husband has done very well in, in sales and my business has continued to grow. So yeah, the getting rid of things that have stories tied to them is extremely powerful. And subconsciously, every time you look at something, if the story it's telling you, like you can ask yourself consciously, what story does this object tell tell when I hold on to this? What does it remind me of? And if it brings you joy, hello, Marie Kondo, if it brings you joy, then keep it because it's going to inspire you. But subconsciously, some of these objects in our life could truly remind us of some lower vibrations. And if that's the case, think it for its service and release it. Yeah, that's so powerful because you're releasing, letting go of the energetics. And then that's when the new can come in. And I suppose if we link it to manifestation and setting the intentions, it's just allowing the energy to flow completely without any like blocks or limits or, and things like that. The other question that I did want to ask you is what tips and advice would you give to people to begin to take the required risks in order to move towards their dreams, their visions, their goals? Hmm. I want to say just start with feng shui, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like when I'm working with a one-on-one client, what we do is I give them a questionnaire And I do ask them to target the three most important areas of life where they seek the most improvement. As you can maybe tell from this conversation, there's an abundance of information to share about feng shui. And there's so many things that you can do to align with your dreams and desires, but just start with looking at the nine square grid, the Bagua map, look at all nine areas of life and really ask yourself, If I could just get, if I could have improvements in three of these spaces, what would be the most significant areas where I really want to see improvements? And, you know, the universe loves clarity. Hmm. Wealth loves clarity. I learned that from Ray Forleo. Wealth loves clarity. So when you get clear on what it is you truly desire, those improvements you seek, that's like half the battle right there. And then you can go into, okay, now let's locate that area of my home. How's it look? How's it feel? Do I need to clean it out? Does it need more light? And now let's apply some of the elements to really manifest what it is I truly desire. It's so much fun. Oh my gosh, Laura. It's, it's empowering, right? It's empowering because then you start to notice small shifts and sometimes really big shifts. And then you get excited because you're just like, oh, I don't have to just 
live a mediocre life or feel like nothing's ever working out for me. I don't have to do that. I can do something about this. And it's really exciting. Yeah. And even if people are in a position where they haven't got the financial income to go and move into this mansion and live in a fancy luxury area and they might have desires for that they can actually begin to implement the tools of feng shui to embody that now and that's how it's going to increase the energy i mean this is what i'm getting from the conversation that it it, you can just start where you are and use your mindset and obviously the practices of feng shui to be able to make the changes and then that's going to help manifest in the physical world Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad you said that because that is exactly what feng shui is about. You do what you, you make the best of where you are right now. And that has served me so greatly because, you know, our first house that we bought, we completely feng shui'd. We loved it so very much. And because I applied feng shui and we made the best of that home, We sold that home in less than a week for over asking price. And it was so easy. And you'll find the same thing when you love what you are doing right now and you take care of your immediate surroundings, it will help you to move much faster than if you were to sulk and say, I'll just wait till I'm where I want to (laughs) be. And it's just not how it works. And that even goes for your job. If, if you're at work and you really desire change at work and you're feeling super unsettled, maybe it's a soul sucking job you're in. <laughs> it really does help to apply some feng shui to that workspace and set your intentions for your career where you are right now. What are some intentions you can set for the people that you're working with in your current situation? And then of course, set some intentions for your dreams and desires, and it will help you to um, make the next step very clear. Yeah, completely. What would you say is the biggest thing that you've manifested using these concepts? Oh my gosh. I honestly don't even know where to begin because I've been practicing for 10 years. And as I shared at the beginning of this interview, the first major manifestations where my husband got an unexpected promotion, we had our first baby, which I didn't even know that was something that I wanted. And it was just the best gift in the world. I now have two children. Um, I used feng shui to step on TV. I thought that was a pretty good manifestation because, you know, people don't know this, but I've been working in public education now for 15 years. And when I met Alison Victoria, who's the she, she hosts many shows on HGTV here in the United States. And when I met her, I literally just had a connection with her and essentially pitched myself, even though I didn't know I was pitching myself. And that was a major victory because I knew in my heart, like back to our conversation about your dreams were given uniquely to you because you were meant to fulfill them. I didn't understand it, but I knew that I wanted to share feng shui on a larger scale with way more people. I knew that was part of what I needed to do. And when Allison Victoria started her show, it was local here in Chicago. And I was watching it on New Year's Day because that's when it premiered, New Year's Day, 2019. And I was so floored to see someone like Allison, an interior designer, walking the streets that I knew and transforming old homes 
into these beautiful, beautiful homes. And I loved her design so much. I became so fascinated by her work. And then she started doing all these local events because her show was just so well-received here in the United States and in Chicago. And I met her several times and it just sort of worked out. But again, I've been practicing feng shui. So I'm sure I set my intention to work with her, to show up on a larger scale. And when I talked to her, I just wanted to work with her. And then she invited the cameras. So that was a major manifestation for sure. Yeah, it's huge. So exciting and impressive. You mentioned a few times about the elements of feng shui. Can I ask what they are? And it, even if you just give us like a bit of an overview as to what the different elements are, is it the elements in relation to like your astrology and the astrological astrology elements? That's a good question. And I'm a Libra, so I'm an air sign. And when it comes to the feng shui elements, there is no air sign technically. So, so it's not the same as astrology actually. So that's a really good question. And I also have a course on this. It's called how to manifest with the five elements. So I go into some, I actually give some robust information in my free guide, but if you're really interested in how to manifest with the five elements, I also have a course on that too. But essentially the five elements are earth, water, fire, metal, and wood. And all elements can be represented in three different ways. You can represent the element with the shape. And that's actually the most important way to represent an element is through shape. You can also represent an element with color. And finally, you can symbolize the element with the actual element itself. So for example, the water element could be represented with a fountain or a fish tank or a watercolor picture or a picture of water flowing. And many people don't know this, but a mirror is also the water energy. So it just, that piece is really interesting because you can get so creative with how you represent the different elements and each area of your life and each area of your home is going to be much more favorable and it's going to be, uh, thrive in different elements. So that's super important. I think to just kind of get familiar and friendly with those because there is a destructive cycle. And just for an example, and this is not to scare any listeners. Cause like, sometimes you just need it. But like, if you were to, since we've talked a lot about the wealth area, if you were to have a lot of the metal element, which is represented by a circle or actual metal itself or white grays, gold, if you have a lot of metal in the wealth area, metal chops wood, metal cuts the wood or the money energy. So you kind of want to make sure you're balancing that out if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so it just kind of helps to know. And if you're struggling in certain areas of your life and you're like, well, this space is not, de it's decluttered. It looks good. It's well lit. I don't understand why I'm struggling. It could be because there's, you know, 
an overpowering element that's really not auspicious for that space. Yeah. It's so interesting when you delve into all of this and really understanding how it applies to all of it, all of the areas. And even listening to you talking, in my mind, I've got all these ideas of like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to make this change, I'm going to make that change. Because I believe in this stuff, I believe in the energetics. And I think if it's been around for the amount of time that it has, that's for a reason. And it's because it, it does work. And yes, it's not a magic tool and it's not just that all by itself. Although I do believe in little bits of like magic and miracles. It's just that side of applying it and then beginning to see what happens as a result. So yeah, I am learning so much from this episode. And honestly, I'm so grateful that I've come across you and been able to record this episode. It's just been so interesting and powerful for me and I know that it will help a lot of people listening right now so thank you before you do go tell me a little bit about like what's next for you how people can work with you what offerings you have yeah absolutely well I have a transformation series which is this is my newest thing and it really is rooted in what worked for me starting 10 years ago. And it was, I feng shui'd the three most important areas of my home, my front door, my bedroom, and the wealth area, which really for everybody is the kitchen. It's the hub of your abundance. And the transformation also goes into how to manifest with the five elements and also how to avoid energy and money leaks with your bathroom. That is one of the most exciting courses that I have right now. And I also have a private feng shui group, which currently there it's closed right now to like new members at the time, but I am reworking it as of course it's mercury retrograde. So it's the perfect time to rethink and, you know, revamp everything. So it's under construction right now, and it's going to be a really awesome opportunity to work more one-on-one with me in a small group setting. So um, I'm excited and I, I'll look forward to sharing that information with people really soon. It's it's coming soon. So I currently have a private group already going and it, and it will be available again in a couple months. Um, and it's going to look a little bit different in a really good way. And um, where can people find you if they want to follow you along? Oh, sure. Yeah. Go to christinahollinger.com. I've tried TikTok. You can probably get a lot of really good information on there, but I just don't go on there often, but you can find me on TikTok and I am mostly on Instagram and I go on my stories quite a bit. So um, I really try to keep everybody up to date with the universal energy and how that's working for all of us. And that's probably where you're going to find the most rich tips and comments. It's going to be like in my stories. I feel like sometimes, especially with TikTok, there can be so much information that gets thrown at us. It can be a little bit overwhelming and confusing, can't it? So even though I'm on TikTok as well, I don't actually consume it a lot. I've just like intentionally been like, no, I'm just going to focus on creating stuff whenever I'm like, I'm not that consistent on TikTok, to be fair. But I just feel like it can be a little bit overwhelmed with everything that you're consuming. 
Yeah. Oh, I would share this. this. I can share this with your listeners. Um, I'm in season two of my podcast, so I'm not as seasoned as you, Laura, but I have had some incredible guests and something new I'm doing this season is 15 minutes of feng shui. So at the beginning of every episode this season, I'm going to make sure that I give at least 15 minutes of some feng shui tips that are actionable that the listeners can actually do. And then of course I have some incredible guests like this, this week I have Colin Bedell, who's the official astrologer of cosmopolitan.com. And he also has a reality show in the UK, I think. And, um, he's, yeah, I don't know the name of it, but he just filmed it this summer. And basically he looked at people's astrology charts and match them based on their astrology. So you'll have to look out for that reality show on the UK. And I'll try to share that the title of it, but his, his handle on Instagram is at queer cosmos. So check it out. And I'm sure he'll let you know where to find that show. It's pretty good. So exciting. That's one of the things I love about podcasts is how it can connect people in different ways and you can learn so much. I have honestly grown as a person in so many ways since I started my podcast simply through conversations and connections with people and even though as you know yourself it does require energy and work especially when you're just doing everything it's it's worth it and just having that patience and going back to what we said at the beginning that the right people the people who need to hear it or listen will just come as long as you're creating the content and you're asking the questions to interview certain people, it will align. And it's, yeah, I honestly love podcasting. I really do. Yes. I'm so glad that we got connected through this podcast. It's exciting. It's, it is exactly everything that you said. Absolutely. What a gift though, to have this conversation. And I want to just thank your listeners for being here today. That's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I always say I try to be the feng shui teacher I wish I had 10 years ago when I was just a Google guru. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, now I'm a certified feng shui professional with the International Feng Shui Guild, all the things. But um, when I started my journey, yeah, I didn't know who to follow and who was going to be my teacher. So I just, if you landed on this, it's perfect timing. I'm glad. Yeah. Ah, oh, Christina, thank you so much for your time and sharing all of your amazing knowledge. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Lift Yourself Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe. And if you would like to see more content from me, follow me on Instagram at underscore lauralifts underscore. If you're feeling generous, give this podcast a review on the Apple Podcast app as it will help this podcast get in front of more people who need to hear this content. Thank you so much for listening. I am so, so grateful to have you with me. And I'm really looking forward to speaking to you next time.